0: Welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Today's film uh, comes to you straight from Netflix. If you like it, you can check it out now. It is the 2014 film, Clown. Clown. Just in time for, uh, I think we have a new version of It coming out soon, which to me is like the essential right. clown, evil clown movie. At least it scared the Absolutely. heck out of me when we were in middle school. That was, you know, a lot of people me don't... need to. Yeah, right. And a lot of people don't realize, at least today, that it was a it was a TV movie. It was like a TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. Yeah, I, th- I remember being in like eighth grade, and I, co- I mean, as clear as day, coming into band class, and our teacher, like the first thing out of her mouth, our, our director was, did any of you see it last night? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, yeah. And she's like... That scared the heck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine this woman talking to eighth graders about how it scared the heck out of her. She must have. Um, she must have had a fear of clowns. I uh, I have to say, as a guy who kind of liked um, doing magic growing up, I was I was kind of into that scene. You know, I, one of my first jobs actually that i got ever got paid for was doing magic shows for birthday parties mm-hmm. and events and things, but the one thing that I steered clear of, even though I was into magic, I took up juggling a little bit uh, i i've even I was twisting balloon animals last week for the kindergarten that I was principal <laughs> for like i have i don't except when I was a kid one Halloween that I have photographic evidence of i 've never been fond of um, Dressing up as a clown, like getting that white makeup on, kind of doing the whole clown thing just was never my thing. And that being said, I've also never like had a fear of clowns. It just, I think that's a fairly recent thing. And maybe it, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are always people. There are always people who have been afraid of clowns. I mean, there's a there's a word for it. And, you know, it's like a fear of spiders. There, you can have a fear of about anything. And, and if you're a young sure. enough kid and this guy in makeup is coming and, you know, kind of in your face and doing whatever, um, it's understandable that it'd be kind of frightening. But for so many centuries, you know, clowns have just have just been fun and happy for the most part for most people. Right. It seems like lately, just within the last few decades, it's been, I have to say, kind of trendy to say that clowns are evil and that you hate clowns and that you're afraid of clowns? I do know what you mean and I I think uh, It really
1: was kind of the turning point there and then I I don't know I'm sure that there had been clown stuff before that I don't remember when Killer Clowns from Outer Space came out but even that I mean it was kind of scary but it was goofball too but ever since It I think uh, clowns have kind of gotten a bad rap and um, you know even recently in the last few years there have been all these scary clowns Like in real life, like, I don't know who these people are who are dressing up as clowns and going around scaring people. But um, I guess uh, the real clowns in the clown industry (laughs) are are kind of struggling. They're struggling because there's not the demand for them there once was. I mean, when we were little kids, you know, clowns were, you'd see them at the circus. You know there, there was Ronald McDonald. Uh, they were kind of a cute, fun kid thing, um, but I think that's that's kind of shifted. I I imagine it'll probably shift back at some time, but um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. This movie's not going
0: to do it any favors. <laughs> the clowns any favors? <laughs> Absolutely not. This movie takes. <laughs> This movie takes a whole different take on the clown thing, and I have to say that's the one thing that I really liked about this movie. I, I'm pretty mixed on it, uh-huh. actually. I'll just say it right up front. I did enjoy it at parts. I felt like at times it got a little draggy, and I felt like totally yeah. it didn't really know where it wanted to be, and that's the biggest... I mean, otherwise, it's a pretty it's a pretty gutsy movie. Uh, it was really willing to go a lot of places that a lot of movies aren't willing to go and take some risks. Right. For that, I've got to give it some credit. But um, at the end of the day... Um, yeah, I, I just I was just a little mixed uh, about this film, but I do have to say that the concept is kind of unique and cool. It's not super unique in that we are getting a lot of these sort of retconned um, origin stories, right? We did Sint and, and right. a couple different Santa Claus movies where they try to kind of make it seem like uh, the cl- you know happy go lucky clowns actually had a sinister origin, right? Yeah, so that that was that was kind of interesting. I thought uh, that's something I hadn't seen before. Anyway. Well, the history
1: of the movie, I think, is just as interesting as the movie itself. I mean, it was—it started out, uh, I guess, as the director made a fake trailer uh, for this movie, Clown, that had, he hadn't made, mm-hmm. um, and he put it up on YouTube in the fake trailer, it said from the master of horror, Eli Roth. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Eli Roth didn't have anything to do with it at all. Um, but somehow, uh, Ross got wind of it and, uh, he was impressed that they were ballsy enough to put his name on it. And, uh, so he ended up, you know, being one of the producers on it. Um, and then it got made, they shot it in 2012 and and completed it and then it just it just sat around for a long time like i guess it got released um in in europe and and i don't know where else um so it, then it finally got a release a limited theatrical release in 2014 and and then went straight to uh disc um so i don't know why it was shelled for so long i guess they just couldn't find a distributor um and that's kind of strange to me especially since like we said you know there's kind of been this hype around uh, clowns and. And there was hype around this movie. I mean, I remember reading about it when it was being made, and um, I kept seeing posts online about how you know it was finally going to be released. It was finally going to be released, and um, it just kept getting pushed back. And uh, eventually, though, I guess it found its distributor, and, and we get it. And it's it's just kind of strange to me that it uh, took so long to come out because it's not bad. I mean, it's a, it's no. a it's a pretty well made movie. Um, the director john watts um i didn't recognize a lot of the stuff that he had done in the past but he just directed the new marvel movie uh spider-man homecoming that's not even out yet the directing is pretty good um and and the acting i thought was was actually pretty good it was a little oh, yeah. bit subtle it, it wasn't over the top too much i mean with the, you know it's a, a, a killer clown movie so of course <laughs> it's over the top but it has a quality to it uh, you're right. I agree with you entirely that I'm kind of mixed on it, too, because it does seem like it drags a little bit. It's a scary movie, um, but I think that in hindsight, thinking about it, and after I read some about it, um, I, it's really kind of more interesting um, as a personal journey uh, of the main character. And yeah. um, I'll be interested to
0: talk about that as we get there, but tell us, tell us what it's about. Okay, so uh, basically, it's about this, uh, this family. Uh, we have May and Kent, husband and uh, wife and husband, and uh, it opens up at a birthday party. And we get a lot of information thrown at us at the beginning, which is a nice little setup. Jack, their son, is having a birthday party, and it's a clown-themed birthday party, and he's really excited about the clown that's going to show up. In the meantime, May is talking with her friend Denise. And uh, she and Denise are chatting, and May kind of lets it slip that she's pregnant, but she hasn't really told anybody else yet, in particularly she hasn't told Kent yet. She gets a a call from the company, the clown company that uh, she had hired uh, to send a clown there, and they say they can't bring their clown. So she calls Kent, her husband, and says, they're not going to send a clown. Now Kent, we find out, is a realtor. He is um, fixing up a house here that's uh, getting ready to be sold, and he's in the midst of this when he gets this phone call. So he gets this call on his cell phone, and I think she calls from her land phone, which... (laughs) It was just a little weird in this movie. Um, oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, it, there's a lot of... She's got a landline and an answering machine. It's so <laughs> bizarre. Like, even in, <laughs> even in 20... I mean, the movie did take a while to come out, but it was like... We're talking 2013 right. was when it was shot. Right. Um. That was the first thing that I was like, what the heck? <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, so um he's like, "Oh, uh don't worry, I'll I'll do so- I'll I'll figure something out." And he's kind of vague about it. And he he hangs it up. And it just so happens, I guess, in this house that he's in, uh the own previous owner left some stuff. We later find out this was a guy who died in this house and so Yeah. You know, he just kind of kind of went up and left and so uh he goes hunting around, I guess, in the clothing and lo and behold, lucky him, he finds this chest in the basement amongst the things and it's monogrammed and he opens it up and it looks like an old chest and what is inside, but a clown suit there's a clown suit. Yeah. A wig and and a nose as luck, (laughs) as luck would have it. I mean, (laughs) there are so many, there are so many, you know, big,
1: like loose ends in this movie. And, and this is just one of the first ones. Like, first of all, what are the odds that there would be a clown suit in this house? And, and beyond that, you know, Why would you even think to look like? Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: I'll just look uh, just in case there is a clown suit. Like, yeah. Of course, you'd you'd get on your cell phone and you'd call a a costume shop nearby. That's exactly what you would do. Right.
1: (laughs) Oh man. But whatever, he finds this clown suit and uh, he puts it on and he goes and he saves the day. Oh, you know, he's is, the clown at the kid's
0: party. It is the crappiest clown suit too. Like, I'm sorry, but if I had come across that clown suit and that outfit, first of all, I wouldn't have wanted to put it on. It looks musty and old, no. and disgusting. Uh, the the suit itself is bizarre. It it you know you get kind of close up looks on it and. This kind of gets explained later on. But if you'd come across this thing, it looks like a clown suit made out of, like, patchwork snake skin or something. And, of it's course... scaly. Yeah, it's scaly, right? And this this kind of dark little nose, I guess, that's, I don't know, whatever. And then this... Again, why would you put this old, musty, nasty-looking wig on your head? Who knows? Uh, I would have called the costume shop anyway <laughs> at this point. Right, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. He puts it on. He shows up at the party as Dumbo the Clown. And, of course, I think his kid realizes it's, you know, he's old enough to realize that it's his dad, but he doesn't care. You know, and they all have fun. And right. it's, it's actually a really cute moment. I, I really liked this bit. I thought, this is a nice little family. This is a cool guy. It, you know, at first I wondered if we were getting the dad who's too busy to pay attention and, and work things out, who's always failing his son kind of trope. Uh, but no, he follows through with them and puts on this musty clown suit and does his clown act and everything. Uh, And then I thought we were going to get a little bit of clown sex. (laughs) Yeah. There's a zipper. Slip right on. I have big news for you. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Didn't know it was my birthday.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Mm. What? This might be just a little too weird.
0: Come on. Take a little... Make a little clown biggie. Huh? <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, this movie started And I think out with
1: we yeah, it, I think we would have gotten some clown sex but they couldn't figure out how to get the costume off, which kind of sets up the the movie. Um, and so she goes off to bed, and he falls asleep uh, on the couch and and wakes up in the morning still in the clown suit. And he can't get the wig and the nose off, and he can't find the zipper for the clown suit. And so he's stuck in this clown suit. Uh, and so he has to take his kid to school and go to work in this clown suit.
0: <laughs> he can't even whirly really wash off the face paint either, which – which right. begged the question was he using old nasty grease paint from that from that, that yeah. case? Oh, how stupid. <laughs> well, and
1: and again, why don't they why doesn't he or his wife think it's more strange that he can't get this off like yeah i would be freaking out you know like it's he he says at some point that he didn't even use any adhesive or anything so yeah so i would have been more freaked out but you know like the wife sends him off to take the kid to school he takes the kid to school he goes to his work site and his workers are like why are you in a clown suit and he just kind of throws his hands up and says well don't you have kids? And um, they just kind of laugh at him. He goes off to the bathroom and he's trying to get this suit off and he can't get it off. And he's just – God, he's so dumb. He, <laughs> takes, he takes a box cutter and sticks it under the sleeve right at his wrist and is like trying with force to, to rip it open. And, and he completely slits his wrist and blood starts squirting everywhere. And I'm thinking, my God, you better get to the hospital. he just like (laughs) puts some toilet paper on it, like no big deal. Made no sense. Um, (laughs) No. And then on top of that, then he goes out and gets like a buzz saw (laughs) and sticks the buzz saw down his collar and turns it on, and it breaks the blade. I'm like, God, God, he's so dumb.
0: (laughs) He even says, (laughs) "You are going to kill yourself." This is a really bad idea. He, he, but he does it anyway. It's. I, yeah, I had to roll my eyes at that whole section. I thought, this guy should just be going to the hospital. I mean, wouldn't that be what you would do? Just yeah, go to the freaking hospital. And I probably wrote that down three times while I was making this uh, notes for this movie. Like, go to the hospital. Yeah, but then he goes home, um, and he still can't get
1: anything off and so his wife takes him into the bathroom and she's like a dental assistant or something so she pulls out her dental equipment and she takes like the forceps and grabs onto his nose and starts pulling and it hurts like he's clearly in pain this hurts Um, and she's like well I'm just going to do this Uh, and she (laughs) rips it off and like rips the tip of his nose off and it falls on the floor and the dog eats it which is gross but you also know that can't be good you know there's something there's something wrong with this suit can't be good that the dog eats it um and then like you said it gets a little bit long i i feel like if we wanted to i don't know how detailed we want to get into it but if we wanted to we could really just kind of gloss over the most of the plot because for the next hour, it's just him slowly transforming, and you realize that this costume is transforming him in some way. He's becoming this clown, and it's not just any clown; it's uh, an evil clown. Um, the 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 wig has become his actual hair. He, you know, the his skin has actually turned the colors uh, of the makeup. Um, And it just progresses kind of slowly from there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this was a – I was looking at this and I was thinking, okay, so this is kind of like The Fly, right? I mean, we're seeing this guy who – it's kind of tragic. I mean, through really no fault of his own. This is, I guess, you could call it a cursed item type movie. But in a lot of times with these cursed item type movies, the – the person was doing something they shouldn't, right? Uh, at the very least, mm-hmm. they robbed the mummy's tomb, and they were warned about the curse, but they took the thing anyway, and so they're paying the price. And in this case, it's, it's more like the fly. It's just this guy was trying to do something good and something nice, and now he's going to pay for it because of this, this cursed item, this ancient evil. And so at this point in the movie, I thought, okay, this is where this is going, and it's really, it's really pretty tragic. But at the same time, it's interjecting quite a bit of humor, in there, you know, at, at spots, right? And it's—I can't really recall any specific things, but there, there are parts that you'll just kind of laugh, laugh at and chuckle, or groan. And that's where it started to feel—I don't know—at at times it was trying to be kind of sinister and really spooky and scary, and other times it was trying to poke fun and say, "Hey, look—you're still only watching a movie about a killer clown. It can't be that," similar. right? Yeah, and
1: I feel like it was a little uneven in that regard. Like, I couldn't really tell which way it was trying to go, because like, it doesn't really play for the humor a lot. And you do really feel sympathy for this character. The guy Kent is played by an actor named Andy Powers, who um, is is just a I don't know. I'm sure he's a very good looking guy. He's a Hollywood actor, but you know they kind of play down his looks. They kind of make him very much an everyman here, um, and he plays it really well. He he plays an everyman really well, and so you feel for him. You know, at first you feel bad that this is happening to him. Um, but it just seems kind of more like a nuisance, an annoyance, like how am I going to solve this problem? And as, it, as as the story progresses and you see him really kind of spiraling downwards, um, then you really start to feel uh, bad uh, for the guy. And when he realizes he can't get the the stuff off, he does some research, and he, re- he finds out that the guy who died in the house had a brother. The way that he finds that out is he goes back and he finds –
0: I don't remember. Anyway, he does some odd. research and yeah. He, well, yeah. he goes to a costume shop, like a random costume shop. I don't know, it looks old, it smells weird. Come on, anything else, please. <laughs> I don't know,
1: man, we sell Halloween costumes and cheap stuff. If not like that.
0: Okay, but who does?
1: There's like a lot They're in here.
0: And she opens up the yellow pages, which again, I'm thinking this is 2013, uh, and this 20-something-year-old clerk is opening up the yellow pages for this guy. Yeah. Anyway, she flips it open, and he just, like – it's like she flips to one page and the next, and he, like, looks, and he points at it, and he's like, that one right there. And I really don't know why. Was it because of the initials
1: on the – It was the name. It was the name. The The owner of the house's name had been Carlson, and he finds this place called Car- Carlson's Costumes. Oh, that's it. Um, okay. And so he calls this Carlson Costumes and...
0: Uh, I'm calling about a a clown costume I I think might belong to you. It was found in Martin Carlson's basement. Where's Martin? Oh, Uh,
1: I'm sorry. Uh, Martin Carlson passed away. I'm the real estate agent
0: handling the... I'll be over as soon as I can. But don't touch that costume, please. I'm wearing it. All of a sudden,
1: the guy's like, uh, oh, uh, that's, that's fine. Just be careful. It's old and fragile. Um, come to my warehouse and we'll, we'll get that thing off you. And so he goes to this guy's warehouse, and this guy, uh, Carlson, is played by Peter Starmair, um, who's been in a lot of things uh, right now. He's currently one of the stars of uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. But you'll, I totally recognize this guy from a lot of stuff. He's kind of this scary big guy. But he seems nice at first. And he, he offers Kent some tea, and he starts telling him, he says, you know, this costume, it's an old traditional costume from Nordic regions. Um, and he says, but um, people don't know what the real origin of clowns are. Um, and uh, then he kind of gives that backstory that you were talking about, how like it's kind of retconning clown origins. And I have no idea if, if any of this has any
0: Oh, no. Grounding in reality. He's <laughs> got, got no grounding in reality. <laughs> it, it's always the same, too, in these retcon things. It's kind of like our Santa Claus thing, right? Santa Claus was this big, evil, mean, you know, possibly a supernatural kind of creature that actually did the opposite of what he does today, right? he He's not a jolly guy who loves kids. He went around murdering kids. And it's the same thing with the clowns. Right. There's some demon. And, um... I didn't really get that either, to be honest, because, and maybe you can help me out here, but his explanation is that there's this demon that lived in the woods, and it was called the Cloyne, and it would lure children, but eventually the residents learned that they could keep him appeased by feeding him five children every year. They had to basically sacrifice five kids a year, once for each of the months in winter. Right? Which, yeah, Scandinavian winter he- anyway. Yeah, he lived, I, I, I think, he
1: lived at the top of a mountain, and that's why his face was white, but his nose was red because um, of the cold. The cold and, and so that's yeah. where the look came from. And, and, and yeah, exactly like you said, You know, he was an eater of children. And, and I guess it, this, this is all explained in about 15 seconds. Yeah. Um, basically what it comes down to is eventually um, people forgot. Uh, about him and and for whatever reason then because he was forgotten i guess he was no longer an immediate threat and the whole image of the clown took on a new meaning and it became this fun thing for kids as he's finishing up this story kent is getting very sleepy and it becomes really apparent that he's been drugged when he wakes up he's tied to a table and carl's oh no, the drugs are supposed to keep you uh, out for a lot longer. <laughs> and he says, uh, decapitation is the only way to stop the demon. Um, and you can tell that he's planning on cutting Kent's head off. Uh, and he says, and I really liked this. Uh, I thought it was clever. He says, it's not a costume. It's skin and hair of a demon. And i I don't know. We've probably seen, you know, we've seen things where people put on masks and the masks have effects on them and stuff. But the idea of this demon you know having this mo where its skin is made to look like a costume so somebody will put it on and then the demon can inhabit them Um, i thought that was kind of clever i liked it
0: yeah that was clever and also again it, it rose a few questions in my head like where in this clown legend did did they kill the demon and skin it Uh, you know all that like how did all that how did all that kind of go but anyway yeah you're right it it was it was it was clever it was interesting and you know when you look again at the clown suit you can see yeah again it it looked scaly and gross like I never would have put it on in the first place (laughs) right I thought this was a real Eli Roth moment, right in the movie. Like you could tell, yeah, these guys really liked him when he's. And again, this is where it gets kind of funny, where he's like, "Oh, I thought the drugs, the drugs should have kept you out, you know, through your decapitation." But anyway, we're going to go through with it now. <laughs> right
1: huh. um, but but it, do, it doesn't happen because kent uh, apparently has super strength now so he breaks free of his bonds um and this was kind of funny he he, he races home and he runs in and he's freaking out and he's like we got to get to the police we got to get to the police this guy tried to kill me and uh he turns around and his wife is sitting there like with the in-laws like her dad and i guess maybe her sister and brother-in-law or something and of course they all think he's nuts because he looks nuts you know he's dressed up in this ratty clown suit and he's freaking out and he's telling this big story about how some guy's trying to cut his head off. And I thought that it was funny. They're like, he shows the wife, uh, look, he, he, he chopped me up with a a butcher knife and he's got this big gash in his shoulder. And she's like, well, where is the guy? And so he takes him outside and he's just got Carlson like tied up in a blanket in the (laughs) backseat of the car. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, which was I thought pretty funny. I I didn't know exactly what he was planning to do, um, <laughs> and and you know the wife even he's like we got to go to the police and she's like well what are, you know what are we going to tell them? They object and I feel like that one of the men who's there it's not uh it's not Meg's dad it's it's just I, I guess it's another in law like name like name. grabs grabs uh Kent and Kent grabs him by the arm and like inadvertently but because he's so strong breaks his arm. And so then Kent just goes off uh, by himself and in the car, and he's speeding along. But then I feel like um, Carlson starts trying to fight him from the back seat. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's going through this transformation where like, his fingers are, are getting elongating and like becoming more claw-like, and his feet are growing larger and bursting out of his shoes. They end up crashing the car. And I thought Carlson died, but he uh, shows back up later. But uh, he, before uh, Kent flees the scene, Carlson tells him, "You've got to kill yourself. It's it's the only way. You've got to kill yourself before you mm. completely lose control." Uh, he runs off, kind of into the woods. <laughs> then you know <laughs> things things happen so quickly. Like
0: yeah, there's well a, a Boy while, Scout the camp. Yeah,
1: yeah there, there's a Cub Scout camp, and like one of the <laughs> Cub Scouts has to go out into the woods to clean off his plate, and he's like shining his flashlight around, and the flash lands on Kent, which is really one of the only kind of scary moments, um, or at least jump scare moments. Um, And Kent says do you have any food? I just want food. And the kid tries to hand him like some cookies or or something, but Kent grabs the kid's hand and bites his fingers off. Um, So, apparently, Kent is developing this appetite for kids, and he can't control it, and then he just kind (laughs) of runs around for a while.
0: This is where I thought it got really, really funny. Like, Of course, he runs into a Cub Scout, right? After he's transformed, there's a Boy Scout that he gets to bite the hand off. Then he runs into a gas station bathroom, and what happens? But, like, a bus full of students or something pulls up and they all get out and it's like, alright guys, you're in there for ten minutes and then we're getting back on the road (laughs) and you're right, it's just a whole bunch of back and forth, there's him kind of hiding or him kind of acting, the dog starts acting crazy uh, and uh, then Kent calls his wife at some point in here and it sounds like a suicide message he says, I'm sorry, this is the only way And he's got a gun, and he sits down, and he puts the gun in his mouth, and he shoots it, and he blows his, you know, the back of his head off. And actually, and it's funny (laughs) because the spray against the wall is like multicolored. I thought that was genius.
1: I thought yeah, it was genius. It was. I didn't see it coming. And, the, and you, you know, we're so used to that imagery of, you know, the suicide blood splatter. Um, and so I was expecting it to look like it always does. And the fact that it was all of these, like, pastel, it was almost like party confetti. I thought that was so clever. And, of of course, you know he's not going to be dead because the guy said you got to decapitate yourself.
0: <laughs> exactly. Except I did actually look at the time on the movie at that point. I was like, okay, so th- – this seems to be kind of an arc here. He's probably not going to be dead, but, and I looked at, we had had a whole hour left to go. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, wow, where is it going to go for this next hour? I guess he's going to keep transforming, and, but we're only a third of the way through the movie, and it still felt like ages had gone by.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and the next part, I mean, it's just kind of long. Um, He, the, the suicide doesn't work, so he goes saw shopping, (laughs) <laughs> um, and and then he goes and then he goes back to this like I, I guess it, this is like a motel room that he's working on or something. I didn't really understand that. His wife knows that he might be there. because She finds him there later, but it doesn't really matter. Um, all that matters is there's this little kid who keeps bugging him. Are you a clown? My name's Robbie. What's your name? Whoa, you're really hungry. If you want to eat, I got some cookie crisps and waffle and cinnamon toast crunch and chocolate chips and chips and some jelly beans and some beef dokey and some and some cookies. he sets the saws up uh, so that if he were he, he puts a chair down in front or yeah in front of the saws and his plan i guess is that he's going to lean back in the chair until he falls back and then the saws will decapitate him he's hesitant like he kind of false starts a couple times but then it looks like he's going to do it but right at the last second the door flies open and it's this nosy kid again he fell back and he kind of felt wonky and because of that it like just dis- disturbed the saws and they fell and one of them broke and the saw blade shot right through the little kid and killed him and uh then we don't see it happen but it's implied that Kent eats the kid and it was at that point that I realized okay they're really gonna go there Um, Uh, you know this guy's This guy's going to be a child murderer, and over the course of the next half hour or so, he kills several more kids in pretty brutal ways. Um, And it's not that I enjoy seeing children suffer or be killed on screen, but I did think it was pretty ballsy that they are just like, yep, we're doing it. We're going there. We're killing cute little kids.
0: Yeah, I, I actually appreciated that about this movie. Again, movies don't often go there. Why not? It's a horror movie. You show absolutely every other horrible thing you can. Why not show kids getting eaten? You know, that's kind of where I stand on this whole thing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But at some point here, then her she finds him, and I I still yep. don't quite understand why she went to this motel, and I also don't understand how she found his room so quickly. It's like she's wandering outside, there, knocking on random doors or something, and she hears him through the door, and she starts talking through the door. It, it, was there anything? She had a list of the properties that he was working on. I don't know
1: why a realtor would be working on a lone motel room. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but, um, so no, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but she does find him and they have kind of this sad conversation through the door. Where she says, you know, I, I, I want you to be okay. I just want you to come home. Um, and she confesses that she's pregnant and he says, take me home. And she opens the door and we don't see him. All we see is her reaction to him. And it's really good. It's good in the acting because she is obviously horrified by what she sees. But at the same time, it's her husband. Yeah. You know, it's not like she runs – she doesn't run away shrieking in fear. She wants to help. She realizes now that what he's been saying, that, that something is wrong with this costume, it's doing something to him, she realizes that it's true, and she wants to help. They go home, and um, she chains him up in the basement, and uh, he says, you've got to keep me down here, and no matter what I say, you can't let me out. And so then it's her turn uh, to kind of start uh, doing some research. And um, she goes back to that original property and uh, she finds this weird chair that's like bolted to the floor. And um, then she finds this old VHS uh, camcorder. And of course, the tape <laughs> is still in there. Yeah. Um, so she's able, she's able to watch
0: what was recorded. And apparently the battery to the camcorder is still fully uh, charged and operational. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right. Well, maybe is plugged into the it's, wall. Who knows, but... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she...
1: She looks through the lens, and at first she just kind of sees the empty chair, and then somebody kind of walks by frame and that kind of gives her a start um but then she either rewinds or fast forwards um and she sees this demon strapped into this chair, and it's just straight up demon it, you know it doesn't look like clown suit anymore; it looks you know very much like a very scary demon and, and I really liked the effect you know we're seeing it through. Um, the lens of this camera, and it 's kind of in shades of blue you know it 's really low quality, almost like it was maybe shot in the dark or something um, and I thought that that really kind of added to the mystique and and scariness uh, of the demon if we had seen it in more sharp focus, it might not have been as scary yeah. um, but she knows what she 's dealing with uh, at this point. Um, meanwhile, Jack the son is getting bullied at school, um, so he runs home and Kent calls to him from the basement, and it's really ominous and scary because Kent's being really nice and saying, you know, come talk to Daddy. You know, Mommy said it's okay. Um, and the kid goes down there, and they have this conversation.
0: At school, some kids tried to put paste on my face.
1: They're always doing that stuff.
0: Who is? Colton. Colton. You know what I did when I was bullying? I hid
1: so that they couldn't find me.
0: And then after a while, you know what happened?
1: They left you alone? And then it cuts back to Meg, um, who gets a call from her friend who is supposed to pick Jack up. And Jack's not there. So she's racing home. And I was just, I didn't know. I was, I was fairly certain that she was going to find uh, her kid having been eaten. But no, she goes home and the kid's okay. But Kent is gone. Um, and then we get another pretty brutal scene.
0: Yeah. So it turns out Kent went to the house and I actually like this bit because um it it's so for all the landline phones and the yellow pages that we had before suddenly we are kind of acknowledging a bit of the modern and this kid is playing I guess on his Xbox or something with his friends. And now yeah. nowadays when you play Xbox with your friends none of you are in the same room. You're all in your different houses and you've right. got these headsets on and you're chatting with each other. And there's one thing that like now I'm not a I honestly don't play these multiplayer games. Uh, I like Playing games, but I don't like playing with other people online because most people are dicks. <laughs> yeah, but um, but this this movie pretty much highlights that. And, it, and if you know anything about this sort of scene, uh, you know that kids. Uh, are really nasty to each other, and this mm-hmm. kid is no different. He's one of these kids, and they're trash talking back and forth. And they got this totally foul language, and uh, the kid has to get up because he hears something in the house, and he walks around. In the meantime, the other kids, we still hear kind of the soundtrack through his head through his headset, which has been which he set down on the counter. And uh, as the clown comes into the house and uh, faces this kid down. In the meantime, the others are in the background going, oh, yeah, well, uh, Carlson, he told Jack today, blah, blah, blah. And they're basically retelling the story of how he bullied Jack while his dad is is facing him down in this, you know, as a demon. Like, I don't know, it must be like a a chunk of his head or a piece of his body flies and hits the screen. (laughs) Yeah. Blood splattering. Blood everywhere. (laughs) Again, like another total Eli Roth moment. But again, this is where it gets a little tonally weird because we've been we've been you know kind of alternating between these really funny kind of scenes and yet we're also getting these pretty horrifying scenarios where most horror movies dare not tread. You know this violence mm-hmm. t- towards children thing. You know, no matter how bad a bully is, nobody's in their right mind when they're you know twelve years old, and uh, right, right. You know they don't deserve that kind of treatment, and so it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal. Now again, I'm fine with it personally, but but uh, yeah. it does throw off the movie. You you really don't know how to feel, and and honestly, <laughs> to my mind, it's still not scary.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean, and it sh- it should be because it's it's pretty brutal. And at this point, yeah. you know the Kent the demon is is pretty menacing. But you're right. I, I don't know. It just it, it's it's that weird imbalance because it should be kind of fun, like you know it's it's like retribution, like ha ha, this kid's getting what he deserves. But at the same time, like well, he's just a kid, you
0: know. Yeah. Like, uh,
1: so I don't know. It's 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 a mixed bag. Well, then it cuts back to the family home and, uh, Meg, the mom is confronted by the dog who is now a demon dog and kind of has a clown face of his own. And just as the dog's about to attack, Carlson shows up and chops the dog's head off (laughs) (laughs) and and the dog's body kind of flails around for a minute in front of Jack, (laughs) which I thought was a good touch. Like this poor kid is being traumatized. Um, But then uh, Carlson tells Meg the same thing that he told um, Kent. You know, he's got to be decapitated. He's got to be killed. It's the only way. Um, But somewhere along the lines, uh, Meg had also looked through this book that Kent had found with the costume, and it was about the demon and whatnot. And there were all these pictures stuck in there. And one of the pictures was um, of Carlson, in the clown suit. And so she says, I know that, you know, there's more than one way to get it off because uh, you uh, got it off at some point. He gives the backstory at some point and says, you know, I found this costume. Um, I put it on. I, you know, my, my brother was a doctor and he worked in a children's cancer ward. And I thought that I could help um, cheer up the kids. And there's these pictures of him, like trying to cheer up the kids and whatnot. Um, He says, but then the transformation started. um, And somehow I don't know how they figured it out, but they figured out that if they gave, him the demon five kids then um carlson would be released and so the the doctor brother smuggled five kids who were very close to death out and fed them to the clown and that's how carlson was able to escape and there again so many loose ends like what how would that happen you know like, <laughs> nobody noticed nobody noticed five kids just went missing and that's the same thing you know um some Some crazy person dressed as a clown bit a kid 's fingers off in the woods, and nobody heard about that it wasn 't on the news. you know the <laughs> cops weren 't involved um, this He ate this little kid in the motel. Where were this kid 's parents? you know yeah. this kid lived alone in the motel, I guess at some point, Carlson and Meg go to colton 's house and find Colton's body. And it's like, where are his parents? You know, like there's this, this whole string of dead children and mutilated children all over town.
0: <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of the inherent problem with doing a movie like this about kids is because uh, unlike adults, adults can go missing, right? And maybe it could right. plausibly take a while to find them. But kids are monitored, you know, most <laughs> of the time. So... Yeah, it's even more implausible, and, and you've kind of got to address that, and they really don't at all.
1: Yeah, just about as implausible as a costume turning you into a clown demon, I suppose. So I oh, guess, yeah. Well, you've got to go with it at some point. I shouldn't read too much into it.
0: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For
1: sure. Well, so this leads then into the final act, which was my favorite. Carlson and Meg are working together now, and uh, they think where would a clown go where he could be relatively unnoticed, and so uh, they go to Chuck E. Cheese, and <laughs> um, I I loved this scene. I thought this this scene I actually thought was really scary, yeah. and I love when movies can take something that is totally. Uh, You know, mundane and and non-threatening and even, you know, something that's like joyous and celebratory and make it completely ominous. Um, And she's walking around this Chuck E. Cheese and just knowing that this clown is in there somewhere and there are so many places that he could be in the shadows or, or hiding. It was really cool. Um, and at some point, a kid falls into the ball pit and says, ooh, somebody peed in here. But he gets out, and you see that the back of his jeans are actually blood-stained. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see this other kid looking for his brother in one of those big, like, play places, like those tunnel crawl-throughs. And, and eventually he crawls in there, and we get all this whole brief scene of him crawling around in the tunnels. And it's so scary. Um, yeah. And eventually eventually he does find the clown who has his brother, but he's able to get his brother away, but then that kid ends up getting brutally killed, and blood and it like I feel like a limb comes sliding down uh, the slide at which everybody sees, and then it's just total chaos in this place, and everybody's trying to get their kids out and and they do, um but Meg is still in there, so then she goes into this really cool like black light forest, and she finds. Kent, who is now almost entirely demon, um, and Kent can kind of talk to her a little bit, but then the demon kind of takes over. Bring me one more child, and, and you can have your here.
0: husband back.
1: Uh, 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 I, can't. I can't. I can't.
0: Perhaps I'll find another. What's his name? I
1: the cops are bursting in and the clown takes off and so she sneaks out leaving carlson there to take the rap for these murders that have just taken place and she goes out into the parking lot and she's looking around and there's all these kids and i feel like it's kind of in slow motion she's looking around and all these kids are running by and it's like she realizes i could nab one of these kids and she almost does, but then the kid's mom shows up. And so she's just sitting in her car, and a kid comes to her and says, You work at the dentist office. You were always really nice. I, can't f- I was at this birthday party, but now I can't find anybody. Can you please take me home? And of course, this is her perfect uh, opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I have to say this whole scene... Now, I liked the fact that um, stylistically it was really cool that she ends up in this black light mini golf course in the Chuck E. Cheese that's also done up like a forest. It's like like this demon's back in his forest element or whatever, which was really neat. But at this point, again, the movie kind of changes a bit. Now, first of all... (laughs) It's it's really we're not we're not the fly anymore you know we haven't been for a little while it's it, we've kind of dropped the idea of Jack's transformation and him fighting this thing it's it's just full on demon and so we kind of forget about the fact that this is Jack uh, mm-hmm. except for the fact that she I guess she thinks that if she can you know get this other kid uh, that uh, that he'll be back to normal but at the same time right. this is a guy who's just been running around eating kids like on his own. So why he would need to make a bargain with her to bring him one more child, is a little silly. It, right. He can get another kid. Right. He he just burst. Out, he's he's pretty much invincible. He can just burst out into the parking lot and eat as many kids as he wants and and jump away. Or he right. didn't have to be so deliberate about you know getting the others uh, in the you know in the bouncy house. So it it's just just like ugh. you know I was kind of at this point in the movie I'm going oh okay now. Now it's going to be another half an well, hour. And and it really is. It's like at that point you've still got almost 20 minutes left of the movie and I'm thinking how much how 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 far can this movie go? And, oh, by the way, I, I really did like that sequence, by the way. Uh, now, again, putting aside the fact that most Chuck E. Cheese's are super brightly lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and this one had way too much shadow, and, and it was convenient when, like, suddenly this really, really busy uh, area was suddenly devoid of kids so they could have the suspenseful scene. Right. Um, it was neat how they were clearly channeling, like, Alien with them crawling through, like, mm-hmm. the duct work, you know, and, and especially that creepy moment when a girl pops in and says – don't go up there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that whole sequence. I thought it was good
1: and I thought it was really suspenseful. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You know, at this point, why would this demon be making deals, period? <laughs> why would he be conceding to anything? Like, is he eager to get back into costume form? Like, why would yeah. he just take over this guy forever and just keep yeah. eating kids forever? You know, it doesn't really make any sense.
0: He's not chained to a chair.
1: Right. Yeah. But anyway, so she, she takes the girl to where she's supposed to, to meet the demon or whatever, but at the last second she chickens out, and because she chickens out, um, she knows that the demon's going to be going after Jack, so she goes back home um, where Jack isn't even supposed to be. This dumbass grandpa who's been a dumbass through the whole movie <laughs> um, takes the kid back home, which is so stupid. And eventually uh, she gets there and the dad says, everything's OK. The, the, the grandpa had found blood and he's like, I'm going to help you out. You know, I don't know what Kent did. But I don't care. You know, you're my daughter. I'm going to make sure you're not implicated in this. And then, oh. of course, immediately the clown rips his face off but, um, and but, he's dead.
0: But that's so against his character. I mean, that made no sense because the whole time through the movie, you know, which we haven't mentioned, but he's like trying to convince her the guy's bad. You know, you kind of like he's going crazy. You need to kind of leave him. You need to kind of get away. I hope – why don't you and Jack come and stay with me? So why he's just not like, you need to get out of here. I told you so. Let's call the cops. It didn't make any sense.
1: No, it was clunky. I mean, what he says is, I just want to make sure that you're not implicated in any of this. But yeah. you're right. You know, just why would you think that? Why wouldn't you just get her out? You know, why would why would she be implicated? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter. He's dead. And so then it becomes the demon chasing the wife, uh, Meg and Jack, around the house. The, he fights with Meg a lot. And there's a lot of fighting going on. I have to say also that all of this is really, really dark. Mm. <sighs> watch this movie in the dark. I always watch these movies during the daytime, and it's such a mistake because I can't see you know what's yeah. going on, but it's it's a lot of chasing around. Eventually, he gets her like pinned up against a wall, and apparently either he remembers because she told him, or he can sense that she's pregnant, and he starts like push his pushing his hand up against her abdomen, and like I feel like one of the his claws like even penetrates her skin yeah. a little bit. But then he gets distracted by Jack and so he chases Jack around for a while and he gets Jack cornered like in a closet but he he can't get in there c- entirely and then somehow Meg gets a chain well it, it, she she slashes him with a knife at some point and she slashes his throat so there's like this gash in his throat somehow as he's trying to get Jack in the closet she's able to get a chain around his neck And um, she kind of pulls him back, so he's chained there. And at that point, I feel like she's going to kill him, but um, he reverts back to Kent's voice and says, "Help me!" And um, so she turns to Jack and she's like, "Go get that book. Maybe we can still help Daddy." Um, And and the kid says, "That's not Daddy," (laughs) 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 which which I thought was good. And so then the demon, like, you know, jumps up and charges at them but is still chained around his neck um and she takes the sledgehammer and just knocks his head off like the chain slices through that gash that's already um in his neck and and he's laying there with his head hanging off i knew that he wasn't going to be dead yet because there's a little tiny bit still attached like <laughs> <laughs> like it was kind of hanging there by his skull um and of course you get that you know moment where Jack and and Meg are like embracing one another and then the demon jumps up again and she has to grab his head and rip it all the way off and then she drops the head and the demon starts to melt away and and again you see Kent's face underneath so i guess and then that's pretty much it. Then you see scenes of the costume getting packed up into evidence bags um, and that's the last shot. You just see, you know, the the costume in these evidence bags which uh, you know implies that oh no, you know somebody else could put it back on or or whatever. I, I tried to kind of speed through the ending there because there were there were things that I wanted to talk about thematically. But how did you feel about the uh the end?
0: Oh uh, yeah, you know, I guess huh, the nice thing about it was I the movie doesn't really pull any punches. It is brutal and bloody throughout, uh, if you're into that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's not a low-budget affair. There's a lot of gore. There's a, the special effects are really good. The, the parts that you can see anyway, like you said, it's, it gets pretty dark. For a lot of that yeah I mean uh, at the at the, at some point, you know I was thinking where's this how can this movie possibly end well for anybody uh, and it really doesn't uh, right. and I guess I like that too, I like that aspect mm-hmm. i mean it's not like Jack got saved at the last minute um, he's gone and Again, uh, you know, when that sort of thing happens in the fly, it feels really tragic and sad. And here, too, I, I was thinking yeah, this guy didn't deserve any of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. he absolutely was just a total victim to this. And um, it didn't really pull all of the heartstrings it probably could have with them, you know, sort of knowingly just killing their own father because he, he's not existing – like he said, like the kid said, that's not dad. He's not there anymore. And right. we never got that kind of emotional closure from the family. Uh, I don't know. How much could you really throw in there? How much is really absolutely necessary? But it it does basically cut that off at the legs, you know, that whole notion that this is kind of a fly story, this tragic thing. It starts out that way, and then it just kind of fizzles out and just becomes, uh, he's possessed by a demon he's got to go to. Again, uneven maybe is the best way to put it. It's like the movie really didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be, and so it's hard to emotionally respond to that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. You know, I'm kind of hot and cold with it. I kind of liked the concept. Um, it was interesting. Interestingly enough, another movie came out in 2012 called Scary or Die, and it was a anthology film. And there was like five shorts, and one of them was about a, a guy uh, who was – Played by Corbin Blue, um, who was at a birthday party for his little brother or sister, and this scary clown stumbled in and started you know causing havoc and bit him and then he like turns into a zombie clown, like he starts turning into a clown and he wants to eat kids and stuff too, really kind of shockingly similar, but they mm. were filmed the same year, so even though, even though Clown came out you know a couple of years later, um, surprisingly similar and it reminded me of that a lot critically. This movie, it, you know, it, it's kind of like you and I, you know, we, we don't really know where to go with it. The The reviews were mixed. It got some really, really positive reviews um, and some kind of mediocre reviews and some negative ones. One of the more interesting reviews that I saw, and it was interesting to me because I hadn't thought of it at all, but this uh, critic viewed the movie as a metaphor for a man struggling with pedophilia or, or an impulse towards pedophilia and and trying to deal with that and deal with having an outlet for that and, and not wanting it to affect his own family or, or his own child. Um, and I hadn't thought of that at all. And Mm. I really, really, really doubt that that's what they were going for. Um, but, but it kind of shed a new light on it for me, you know, instead of it being a literal demon, you know, a guy, just this, you know, normal, seemingly normal guy struggling with with inner demons and predatory instincts, and I, I don't know, I just found that kind of fascinating. Again, I doubt that was their intent at all, but for me, it made me think about the movie more.
0: Well, you're, that is interesting. Although you're absolutely right, there's no evidence for it, really. I mean, we we see so little of the guy in the beginning, and we get no sense of any of this before he starts. Uh, again, it, to be a metaphor, it doesn't. You don't have to, you know. You don't have to get it, I guess, at the beginning, but. Uh, yeah, it's a little too B-movie at times. It's a little too goofy to be that smart. To be taken so seriously, right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't a bad film at all. Mm-mm. I I can see why probably people didn't respond to it too well, just like you and I. Uh, you kind of walk away from it and go, hmm, yeah, I... It was entertaining at parts, you know. There were there were parts where you know the bloodlust kind of kicks in, and you're like, "Yeah, wow, that was really sweet." Or, "Man, I can't believe they went there." You know, that scene at the at the Chuck E. Cheese is quite good. But yeah. uh, as a whole, as just a whole movie, I, I seriously, I was kind of looking. I was kind of checking the time the whole way through because I just maybe there wasn't enough foreshadowing. Maybe it wasn't formulaic enough, or maybe it was following. I don't think it. I think it was following too many different formulas. Maybe <laughs> that there were so many times when I thought, okay, it's going here and it's going to end soon, you know, and it didn't. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it and it could have, you know, like it, it just seemed like it was such a linear plot. Like you could have cut out a third or more of it, and you wouldn't have lost anything except some gore. Um, sure. There, there, you know, there was a, there was a progression of his going from Kent to this demon full on, but it was kind of drawn out longer than it needed to be. They were going for a feature length film, but it's an hour 40. I think they could have shaved off a good 20 minutes and, uh, maybe it would have been a little bit more tight. Um, but I, I'm not complaining too much. It was entertaining. I it was a little long, but I wasn't bored. And and that third act for me, um, with the Chuck E. Cheese stuff, that kind of was worth the price of admission for me because I really, really liked that scene.
0: Again, uh, it had kind of the stamp of Eli Roth on a little bit. You could see that these guys were obviously inspired by him. You know, it had some of the comedy in there, but maybe not enough. It had. It was trying to go for scary, but it never quite reached it for me. Uh, it, you know, I really like the idea of that being a metaphor for pedophilia. I really do. As much as I hate the idea that it seems like people who are clowns or who are magicians or are children's entertainers in general nowadays kind of get suspected of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a guy who enjoys doing that kind of thing and likes kids and, and, and stuff, I have to admit, like, I personally have been a little more cautious and maybe kind of just kind of quit doing a lot of that just because I've realized that, you know, just the way the zeitgeist is right now that people are overly sensitive towards, uh, overly suspicious, I should say, uh, of people who just like to hang out and be nice to kids. Right. And do things for them that uh, it it becomes, you just kind of walk a dangerous walk all of a sudden. And so, you know, it would bother me if that were the intent of the movie, but I I really don't think it was (laughs) at all. Ah, At the end of the day, I'm glad we watched. It was really interesting. I can see where it struggled to find an audience. I'm not quite sure why it was so buried by the studio, because we've seen much worse. It's a mystery to me why, why I'm watching this now, and I really hadn't heard of it before well thank you again for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Google Play and wherever your favorite podcasts are you can also find us on Facebook where you can like our page let us know what you thought of this episode and this film and also please suggest future films for us to watch until that day I'm Todd and I'm Craig with Two Guys and a Chainsaw